Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 276. And and the reality is that if you're living your life in a way that you got to always put out fire, oh my God, I got this phone call, I got to take care of it. Oh my God, this is happening. Oh my God, everything is always last minutes. You'll live your life chasing something that will never amount to too much because it's not important. You know, I, I, I exclude from my life anything that doesn't make me three things, healthier, richer, or happier. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Menuvative by iMenuTech has been the pioneer of cloud to tablet menu publishing for over five years. By using Menuvative, you'll reduce your costs, increase guest spending, and provide a better guest experience by being more informative. Find the banner in the show notes or head over to imenutech.com to learn more. Again, that's imenutech.com. One more time, imenutech.com. Are you short on time when it comes to training your restaurant staff? Well, if you are, don't worry. I'm sure you're not alone. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. You can find that light by visiting Tipsy for a whole library of video courses delivered by world barista champions, leading sommeliers, marketing gurus, and customer service superstars. Learn more by clicking the Tipsy banner in the show notes. If you choose to subscribe today, you'll get a special 50% discount because your restaurant unstoppable listeners get on it. Allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Fabio Viviani. Fabio, man, I know you're feeling unstoppable, but just tell us, just tell us you are, so we can, uh, can continue on with this incredible interview. I know it's going to be. You know, it's I am unstoppable, and the reality is, whatever you see, whatever you know about me, I'm just I'm just getting warmed up right here. Yes, sir. Awesome. I can't wait to dive into this. So Fabio Viviani has possessed a passion for food since his childhood growing up in Florence, Italy. His career started at the age of 11. By the time he was 27, Viviani owned and operated five restaurants in Florence, uh, a farmhouse and two nightclubs. Shortly after, he moved to California where he opened Cafe Ferenz. He would continue to open an additional 12 restaurants in his own and his own wine collection. He's authored three successful cookbooks with a fourth on its way. And recently, Viviani started the Know How Leadership Academy, where he shares tips and advice to young entrepreneurs and also connects with them through his own digital magazine, Know How Magazine. This is obviously uh, just a big picture of who you are, what you've accomplished. I mean, it's not doing you justice. I can't wait to learn more. But before we do that, Fabio, we got to get that motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra what do you have for us today do it right or do it twice if you have if you do a shitty job to begin with when you do have the knowledge and the capability of do it right the first time you're wasting time you're wasting and en- you're wasting energy and you're wasting money yes. you know in life if you don't do things right chances are sooner or later you will have to do them again 
I love it. It reminds me so much of a quote. I can't remember where I've heard it, but if you don't have time to do it right the first time, when are you going to have time to do it all over again? And uh, that's an awesome way to get this interview started. So um, let's just find out more about you, how you got into the industry and the path you took to get to where you are today. And it's so inspiring, like just doing the research. uh, It's amazing what you've accomplished and uh, not only once, but twice. So let's start from when you first, you know, fell in love with food and uh, I didn't want to I well I, I see I wish I had a fairy tale story like everybody <laughs> like you know I grew up in an Italian family and everybody loved food so much and I decided that food was my passion I can't say that because it, it's a crock of shit the reality is I grew up with food stamp food was never um, never good and never enough in my table mm-hmm. so certainly I was not passionate about food nor I knew nothing about restaurant nobody in my family is in the restaurant business, what happened is that when I was 11 years old, my mom got very sick and I was the only one in my family not having a job. So everybody worked two, three jobs and, and I'm home just going to school and going to and going home and play like 11 years old kids should do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I decided to go to work. My problem was that in Italy, you can't, cannot legally work until you are 15. Okay. So I found myself a, a, a nighttime job. So what I was doing at nighttime, I was getting paid under the table, all cash job. I was baking pie from midnight till seven in the morning. Wow. And, and the job site was about 35 miles away from my house. So I had to dr- ride a bicycle what? at 11 at midnight for 35 miles every night. Uh, riding a bicycle to go to work and come back. I mean, and then, they would, you know, if you think about it now, riding the bicycle for 35 miles a long distance because everybody's, like, lazy. Yeah. But when you're in Italy and, and you have a bicycle, you're on your bike every day. That's the only toy you have. You don't have Xbox. You don't have PlayStation. You don't have the shit that keeps you on the couch. You have bicycle. You have balls. You have rocks to throw in a lake. You have sticks. That's what you do. So 35 miles, it wasn't a big deal. Um, and, and I was pedaling myself there every night and working and then getting my backpack and go to school in the morning and then come home, sleep a few hours and do that all over again. I did it for about 40 or seven days a week. You said four years doing that? Yeah, 40 wow. years. And I think in 40 years, we only really took a handful of days off because the shop was only closed for Christmas Day, New Year's Day. And, uh, and if the owner was closing down for three, four day vacation, of course, we had days off. But I didn't had I didn't have a day off. I, I remember working like almost a year without one. So, but that's not that's normal for me. You know, I, still today that you know the 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 focus and the energy has shifted on where I put my hour and my work in. I still work 130 hours a day, and I don't have per se a day off. Yeah. You know, I take now I'm at a point in life where I if I want to leave for six weeks and take the wife on a trip to Paris, I, I'll just fuck it, I'll just do it. Yeah. But but I don't have a day off. So when people say, oh, what's your day off? Day off is, is something that people with jobs have. I don't have a job. I have a career. I'm building an, a, a business and, and I'm an entrepreneur. And when you are an entrepreneur in the true sense of the meaning, you don't have a day off. You're never off. You're always building something. Yeah, and I've read and I've heard that the the secret to being able to have that endurance, to show up every day, to put the work in and just to, you know, that endurance is just 
you, it's driven by something. Um, you said food wasn't your passion. Um, no. So what was driving you? What was your passion? What was you know the engine behind whatever I didn't, you know, made you I do didn't what had, I didn't have any passion, man. I was 11 years old. What passion you had when you were 11? Besides my family, it would be my it. passion. It sounds like that's what your passion was. And that's am, am I taking a stab in the dark? Is that uh, an assumption I can make? No, yeah, you could, but but my I didn't have many passion when I was eleven. I was eleven years old, boy yeah. playing middle and going to school. I didn't know what I wanted to do for a living. I just you know figured out that my family need help, and you know I always be very close to my family, so I just went to work, mm-hmm. and and eventually I got stuck in it. Mm-hmm. And when I was fifteen, the owner of the pastry shop where I used to go to work, the bakery, said, you know, you're working very hard. You're very young. Would you like it? Would you like a daytime job? And I say, yeah, absolutely. So he hired me in one of his restaurants, and I did the same things. I was working 16, 18 hours a day, you know, going to school five hours in the morning, then work till one, two in the, in the morning. And, and then, uh, you know, after three years, he said, you're, you know, you're very good. You're a very good worker. You're, you're a good kid, you know, and, and what do you want to do, you know, when you grow up? And I didn't know anything because I, all I worked was around food at that point. So I said, you know, I want to have a restaurant. I like restaurant. And sure enough, he said, uh, great, then let me help you. So we we partner when I was almost 19 years old. And we bought my very first restaurant with like 40 seats in Florence. And that was my first stab at uh, entrepreneurship. I had my own restaurant when I was 19. But you, the path you took, I mean, I know you, you, you had this incredible, well, not an incredible job, but a job that gave you opportunity, but you, you kind of leaving out the fact that you're working for some very uh, well-known names, people who were extremely successful. And talk to us about uh, the significance of having these successful people in your life and uh, how do you think that these mentors, was, you know, they shaped you to who you are today? You know, I... I I believe that everybody should become the best version of themselves mm. because I'm nowhere near even similar in, in attitude, leadership skill, communication, anything to, to the person I was looking up for growing up. Mm. But I think that people need mentor for inspiration, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can't find a mentor, invent one. You know, when I want to, when I wanted to start doing, uh, um, self-growth and and, and, and and personal skill teaching, I went after people that, you know, I didn't know. I, I went after people like Maxwell. I went after people like Tony Robbins. I went after people like, you know, people that are shaping the way that the industry is moving towards education and self-growth. I didn't know them. I, I create around myself the situation. Mean, real quick, what do you mean by you went after them? I went after their work. I went mm. after their study. I went after the. I, I set myself the goal to meeting them mm. to the point where you know I attended several Tony Robbins seminar. I introduced myself, and and lately I even had the chance to work with them. So you know, if if you have clear intent, and and you not give up, eventually something will happen. You know, giving up in business is like suicide. You know, suicide doesn't end the life problem. Suicide only ends the opportunity to eventually get better. Because it's, it's like quitting. Quitting never fix problem. If you quit something that is not working, you're not really fixing it. You're only eliminating any other opportunity to make it work. Oh, yeah. 
and I mean, it's just there's so much to pull out from what you're saying. Some of the things that really just stood out for me was that just the work ethic. This this man, I think I'm not sure. I'm, I read some information about you, and I think the person you're talking about is, is it Simone? Simone, yeah, Simone yeah, was so- my. Was one of my mentors. Yeah. So he saw something. You showed up every day, and one of the things, the biggest lessons I've learned, the biggest aha moments, Fabio, is that you go and you bust your ass for somebody who knows what they're doing, doing it right. And if they see something in you, they see the work ethic, they see the talent, uh, they will provide opportunity to you. And it seems like why that's wouldn't the they? Why yeah. wouldn't they? One thing that people can't do is duplicate themselves. Mm. So in my business, I had I have a lot of business partner right now that they started with me as dishwasher as runners are, are uh, people that were making minimum wage and now they're pulling two three hundred grand a year we're talking about people that are not even 30 years old so th- the reality is that you can't duplicate yourself you know when successful people always go like oh i wish there was like three of me mm-hmm. you can't have it so that's a stupid thing to say what you can do is to raise people around you mm-hmm good enough that they are passionate about what you're doing, sharing your vision, and want to do something similar. Then you've been there, you do business with them, you help them on the way, and if and if you take care of them, they'll take care of you. Absolutely. And that's what Simone, that's what Simone did with me. He saw a kid that was working 18 hours a day, every day, never asked for a day off, never skip a day, even when I was sick like a dog. I remember instance where I got brought at the hospital three times, three times for exhaustion. Wow. Exhaustion means you work so hard that your body shuts down and you find yourself in a hospital room not knowing how you got there. Happened three times to me. Wow. Man, and so just to paint a picture for the listeners, uh, at the age of 16, is, or I think 15 is when you started working in the restaurant. By the age of 16, you were <laughs> a sous chef. And by the time yeah. you were 18, you were a part owner. Uh, and... I mean, and then just to go on a little bit more, by the time you were 27, almost 10 years later, you owned a total of seven restaurants, the two restaurants or the five restaurants and two nightclubs. And yeah, a farm. We have, so yeah, we have a bunch of talk, stuff. Take us through that process because there must have been a point where you started doing what Simone did for you, where you saw opportunity and you put people in place and you 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 gave them uh, the mentorship they needed to be able to grow this <laughs> this. uh Not- not in Italy. That was actually him. So okay. I, was, I was working my ass off and he was like, Fabio, shall we open another restaurant? And I was like, of course, if we open another one, I'll figure it out how to run it. So I was more operational. He was still the one behind okay. the growth and everything. And then I find myself having the system to operate, you know, five restaurants and, and uh, two small hotels and uh, dance club, farmhouse, bed and breakfast, whatever. And then I apply what I learned there because I was only 26 at the end of the day when I left. And I apply what I learned there and they recreated in the United States. Now we have 14 restaurants. We have two wineries in California. We have, uh, you know, endorsement with probably a dozen of Fortune 500 company. We, I have done over 100 days of, you know, motivational speech and, and keynotes and grow workshop for huge billion dollar companies. Mm-hmm. I have... 1600 employees i have numerous cookbook yeah we have four print but we have 13 total um i have you know over 300 days on tv in the last three years so we we have a lot of stuff going on now and 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 just it's the system Mm -hmm. you know the system works the system makes you create result the the thing is that somebody's got to apply the system and i'm the guy that applies it you know you know, it's either you have result or you're going to have excuses. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have result and no excuses, you have a learning lesson. Mm-hmm. Because 
the, the failing process, it's okay. Failure is part of growth. And, and you know, those who doesn't fail is because it doesn't do anything, right? Mm. So chances are if you never get out of the house, you'll never die by a car accident, nor you ever get in a car accident. Mm. Problem is if you never leave the house, you might miss a lot of things out there. Mm. Same things in entrepreneurship. I understand. I'm okay with failure. I have no problem in, in, in doing something wrong. There is a lot of things that went wrong in my career and my life. And, and still today, you know, I've closed restaurants. I've shut down business that didn't work. But not because I quit, because I put everything I had to it, just because from, a, from an emotional standpoint, you have to detach yourself from something. And, and as a business person, you have to realize that you're operating at a loss. Mm. And, and that's not doesn't apply for the first few, you know, few months, few year. We're talking about perseverance and still realize that the business is just not there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the reality. You know, if, if you have a business, if you do something and you put a lot of time in something and this something that you call a business because you want to be an entrepreneur, because you love the word, you know, it's, it's a hipster now say I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> Most entrepreneurs are really people that are unemployed. They don't have a job and they call themselves entrepreneur. I'm, I'm being in between things. You ever heard when they say I'm in between things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's for me. It's like a plug. I avoid people in between things like, like the plug. <laughs> and, and the reality is if you are an entrepreneur and you have a business, but for some reason the business doesn't make you money, then you have a hobby. You don't have a business. Absolutely. Pick up tennis, pick up fishing, pick up boxing, and a fucking job. It's a, it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, let's talk through the time when you came to the States. You're at the States now. I think you're 27 or 28. Um, and you start from scratch. You didn't even speak English. No, I didn't speak a word of, I didn't speak a word of English. So when I, when I came to the United States, I had a very particular situation because when I sold my business in Italy, I made a lot of money. And I had a lot of money saved. A lot of money. And, and if, I'm fortunate, but 30 days prior, me leaving for the United States, to take the vacation of my life, my dad went upside down with his business in Italy, and he was emotionally broken. He was, he was just not good. He wouldn't get back on his feet. So what I did before I left, I pretty much put my whole life saving and the money came from the, the purchase of my business in Italy, the, all the money I saved my whole life, and I pretty much gave it back to my family, 99% of them, to pay back the family that the debt created with the business. And I came to the United States with enough money to pay a year worth of rent for an apartment in Ventura County. And, and that's it. And, and, and that was it. Pretty much I, I gave myself a year to succeed in America or, or I couldn't, I had to go back because I had no money, zero money. I, I cut a check for almost $2 million to my family to pay their debt back. And that was my, and that was my life saving of me working 18 hours a day and then selling a very healthy business. Mm. So... What happened is I came to the United States and, and a friend of mine was a general manager at an Italian restaurant in Ventura County. And I asked him for, for you know, just hang out with them just to see how everything worked in the United States because I didn't speak English. And, and, and with that funny story is that I, I, after seven months, eight months, I was fluent in Spanish, but still no English. <laughs> so I wonder and, why. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and then what happened, I, I just, you know, I got friends with the owner of the restaurant and I told them, I said, hey, you have, a, you, have a good, you have good things going on, but you don't maximize your, your upside, man. You're just, you're just losing money left and right. And he said, I mean, who are you? And I was like, you know, I had this, I had that in Italy. I can help you. 
And he was like, how can you help me? I have a great chef. I have a great manager. I know what I'm doing. I'm like, what about if, how much money you make? I told him. And he was pulled in about 15 grand a month from his restaurant between profit and salary. And I said, what if I give you 20 and you stay home? I work here. I pay you 20 and I keep the rest. And he said, well, you know, I don't know you. I can't let you run my restaurant, but I'm intrigued. What if we do it together? And I said, if we do it together, you're going to tell me what to do and I can't afford it. And he was like, what about if I stay here and just oversee what you're doing? So if you fuck it up, I can stop you. I'm like, all right. Wait, can you put a pause real quick? Because you said if if you stay here, you're going to tell me what to, to do and I can't afford it. Is that Did I hear that right? Or Yeah. Because what do you mean by that? What I mean by that, if I want to if, if, if I wanna teach you how to run your own business, but you have owned and operated the business for so long, you're going to have the tendency to still tell me what to do and be there and be in my way. When you hire experts to fix your business, you have to step away from the business and let those people run it for you. Mm. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. If you tell me what to do, guess the result you're going to have going to be the one that you always had because exactly. it's, you're still the one doing it. So I told the guy, I said, if you want to stay here, I got to have the freedom to do whatever I want. And he said, all right. So, and then, in, you know, after the first couple of months, it was consolidation. And then month three, four, five, he made a lot more than 20 grand. And he said to me, wow, you're very good at this. Do you want to do this for it? For, you want to do this for good? And I said, well, that's what I was kind of doing in Italy. And that was almost a year in. And I said, hey, I have no money left. In two months, my lease is expired. It's either I get a job that pay me really well or I go back to Italy. Mm. And he said, what if, you know, you, you take over the restaurant, I stay home and you pay me those, you know, 25 grand a month just to stay home. You know what to do. And I was like, all right, but I get to keep the change. Awesome. Yeah, I, I said, I get to keep the difference. And he said, sure. So I was cutting him a 25 grand, 25 grand check a month, and I was making just as much just by implementing things I learned in Italy on how to make hospitality business better. Yeah. And, and there's just one thing I want to point out from this story. It kind of goes back to tie to what you said earlier about going after successful people. This person seemed to have success in his restaurant. You surrounded yourself with this team of people in a, a land you weren't really familiar with. But instead of just going, hey, I want, can you be my mentor? Or, hey, um, I, I want to you know, join this group. You said, I can help you. You, you offered something to them. Uh, yeah. Where I feel like so many people, when they try to get into this industry or they try to have success in this industry, they just ask. They say, what can you do for me? How can you help me in my career? But you flipped it and said, hey, I can help you in your, res- in your restaurant, yeah. in your business. And that mentality, how do you think that mentality influenced the situation? Well, you know, I, I was 27. He was 52. So I can't tell him, <laughs> you know, he's not going to get mentored by me. I can't go there and I cannot go there and tell me I know more than you do. Get aside. I'll make you, you know, I'm not a cocky person. I'm, I'm very humble and, and. You know, I, I think that kindness with people and, and true be interest in people growth, it does a lot more than be a dick with everybody and, mm. and you know, and be just a dick. You know, it's funny because when the, when the Steve Jobs movie came out about Apple and his career and the movie picture Steve Jobs as a very mean person, a lot of my friend, a lot of my restaurant friend, a lot of people that I know that they own and operate business overnight they turn into a bunch of dicks mm. you know they start to to micromanage their employee yelling at everybody that's not the way to succeed you know mm. you, you know you, i don't know everything but what i know i know really well i'm not a smart kid but i'm very knowledgeable about few things few areas and i tend to stay in that area mm-hmm. i was terrible at school 
I failed every single class. I was an E and an F student. So I'm not, I'm not school smart. I'm street smart. But when the things I know, I know them really well. What, were, what, the, I don't, what were the things that you knew really well in general? Management, how to manage people, how to make money in the hospitality business, how to teach people mm. how to make money, how to make money when it seems there is no money to be made. Mm. I build brand. I build business. That's what I do. I can go in anybody's business and figure it out how to grow the business from zero to hundred in a very short amount of time if there is potential for the market. Mm. You know, I, I could go with you, check out your hospitality business and tell you if it has potential in the next six months that you could either tenfold your reach or shut it down because you got a hobby. You'll never amount too much. And 99% of the time I'm right because I do my homework. Mm-hmm. I analyze the market and I analyze the competition. I analyze the people, the person that you are. I analyze how much you're willing to work. What's your strategy? Do you have a strategy? Is your strategy working? Is your strategy has been proven before that it's working? You know, there is a lot of variable that people don't think and people think just because you got a good idea that you're going to have a successful business. Ideas are shit. Mm. Everybody has ideas. Execution is the key. Absolutely. I love it. So, okay, let's let's continue on with this profile of your career. You, you're working for this gentleman. You help him, uh, you know, get some maybe time back in his life. You, you're managing his restaurant. When do you decide to go on your own? Uh, and how did you go about doing that? I... I well, he, he asked me to bottom out. So I was on my own after he wanted out. Okay. And then I opened another restaurant in California. Then I, I opened another one in California. Then I met my soon-to-be, you know, my wife. That then was my girlfriend. And she lived in Chicago. Then I moved to Chicago. And I connected with a, a big, with a very up-and-coming restaurant group in Chicago. And I told them, why we don't do something together? And they said, yeah, we'll be very interested. So we opened our first restaurant in Chicago together because I didn't know the market. I didn't know the people here. Mm-hmm. So I teamed up with somebody that knew. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's better to have a, a smaller a smaller portion of a very large pie mm-hmm. than have a beignet all for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so and then now we have 14 restaurants together. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, so, I mean, there's so much I want to talk about. I mean, you... You do more than just the restaurant tour thing, too. I mean, you own a winery. Uh, you Ooh. you promote products and services. You're an author. Like, how do you own 14 restaurants? How do you do all these extra, uh, up, you know, other business ventures and manage it all? Like, what's the secret to uh, the time management, to the leadership, to uh, keeping things in order? You know, you, t- time management, which is actually one of my biggest class subject i teach time management to a lot of company but it's a lie time management it's a lie you can manage time time goes try to manage your time you think because you're managing time it doesn't go from 12 to 4 in four hour mm-hmm. you can't slow it down you can never manage time you can only manage yourself in relation to time and you will never decide how much time you have for execution you can only decide how to use the time that God gave you for execution. So how do you use that time? What do you do? What are the, th- the key things that you do, Fabio, in your life to manage yourself in that given time that we all have? I, I work with priority. I work with, uh, I fraction my time in 15 minutes slot daily. And I work with priority. You know, I don't waste 
time. Time doesn't get to me. I organize my time. My time doesn't organize me. And uh, nothing happens is very urgent and needs immediate attention. You know, I'm, I'm a, I have a very structured business life. Mm. Um, I don't I don't screw around. I don't talk cheap on the phone. If if <laughs> if you want a good laugh. Uh, I'll give you my phone number right now. Call it. I'll let go to voicemail. Listen to my voicemail. <laughs> my voicemail says, don't leave a message. Don't do it. I'm not going to listen it anyway. <laughs> Since you have my phone number, text me the reason why we should be on the phone. And if your reason is good enough, I'll call you back. I love it. Um, but I mean, it's it's. I've watched a few videos. I try to get to know you before this interview to learn who you are. And you're such an upbeat, uh, just like happy person you yeah. don't strike me as the type of person that is managing their day in 15 minute blocks like you're not you don't seem stressed out but you've got so much going on so how are, do you stay positive how do you manage to, to accomplish so much have so many projects going at once and stay positive but how how do you not Look, get down you gotta get into the into the the military tank mindset you know a military tank no. big tank where you know people okay, sit yeah, yeah. in and they they go over stuff. You know, it's like military tank, right? When, you, when you're in a military tank, things don't happen to you. You're happening to things. And, and the reality is that if you're living your life in a way that you got to always put out fire. Oh, my God, I got this phone call. I got to take care of it. Oh, my God, this is happening. Oh, my God, everything is always last minutes. You'll live your life chasing something that will never amount to too much because it's not important. Mm. You know, I, I I exclude from my life anything that doesn't make me three things, healthier, richer, or happier. Mm. If anything that happened in my life does not fit one of these categories, healthier, does these things happening right now make me healthier? No. Does it make me happier? No. Does it make me money? No. Then fuck it. Mm. I'm not going to deal with it. I don't care. So I don't boss. I, I just don't. I don't. Simple. Tell me how the work you're doing is making you happier. Tell me about a project that you look at and what features of that project, what qualities of that project are going to give you happiness in your life. If you, you have a computer in front of you, I do. Go to go to knowhowleadershipacademy.com. All right. That does not make me healthier. That does not make me richer. It only makes me happier. You know what makes me happier? Because I think that mentoring and sharing knowledge with young people, it's the key for future success. So is that how you look at your restaurants? When you create a new restaurant, are you going to have – is that going to no. provide an outlet for you no. to do that? The restaurant, the restaurant doesn't make me healthier, but it makes me happier mm -hmm. because hospitality business is something I love to do. It makes me happy, and it makes me a lot of money, <laughs> mm. a lot of money, mm -hmm. like a ton of money. I love it. And – Man, there's just so much greatness uh, in this interview. Things you're dropping on us. So many layers I want to pull back. It's hard to decide. Um, if you could say now, um, I mean, what is it about this industry? Aside that you're really good at it, aside that uh, it makes you money, it provides, it, it can provide for you what you want. Like, what is it that keeps you in this industry, in the food and beverage, in hospitality, in service? Uh, what, is, it. You, what is it I that you love, though? What? I, I have fun with it. I like to build business. Mm. I like to build business. I like to open business. I like to make them run. And I like to be the guy that look at it six months, a year down the road and be like, yep, we did it. Look at that. It's running on its own. It's making money, providing a lot of work for a lot of people. Everybody likes the idea. 
I love it. I love creating business when the reason when where business is not there. You know, the goal of the Know How Leadership Academy is to provide one million education for people that can't afford education, such as veterans, such as underprivileged child. For all those people, will always be free, because the reality is that if you give the right tools to the right people, the world can change. Mm. And it, it does, you know, that's the way it operates. You know, you don't have to keep all the knowledge for yourself. If I know something that can benefit a lot of people out there, why well, I want to be greedy and keep it for myself. Mm. I want to share it. I, I want people to remember me about f- for what I left behind, not for who I am. It doesn't matter. You know, after you're dead, you're dead. You know, only the one around you will remember you for who you are. Mm. Most people will only remember you for what you leave behind. And, and for me, what I leave behind is more than who I am. Absolutely. And you know, just studying successful people in this industry, uh, I've just learned that it's those, that those who are truly successful have that characteristic that you're sharing with us right now to mentor, to make the, the world a better place, to uh, mold the future. And I feel like a restaurant is such an incredible place to do that because you get access to such young people who are just so, uh, you know, they're full with life. They're full with, you know, they have that optimistic mindset and you can, you can provide structure. Uh, you can provide, uh, lessons to them. You can give them opportunity. And I feel like that's what a restaurant does. Is, is that the mentality? I mean, you have this, this know-how leadership Academy now, but were you doing in your restaurants then what you're doing with know-how leadership Academy now with people with strangers is that do you think that's a key to your success is just being that person that you you know works on other people and shares yeah. what you've learned you don't open 14 restaurants in five years without speak a word of English without at least at the beginning speak a word of English if you don't care for other and if you don't make other feel part of the project mm. you know I'm, I, I could make I could make three times more than I make right now money-wise and have a bunch of unhappy people. I pay well my people. Mm. You know, I take care of them because they take care of me. You know, and, and, and money to me is never a, a, a goal. Money is a, is a vehicle. Money is a mean. Money is not a goal. You know, a goal is to, to, to be remembered and to do things that have not done before. Yes, you know, many people say, oh, my God, you're so successful. You have 14 restaurants. Big fucking deal. There's a lot of people I know that have 50, 100 restaurants. I've done nothing yet. Like I said, I'm just getting warmed up right here. I love it. Uh, and I listened to an interview with you with Lewis Howes, the School of Greatness podcast, an awesome podcast to listen to if you're Good not listening to it. Great guy. I, I don't know him personally, but I love his work. And in that interview, you're talking about um, the power of goal setting and the, the power of uh, vision. Yeah. And talk to us why that's so important and how we can use visioning and goal setting to obtain what we're trying to do in life. Do you know why long-distance relationships are very hard to maintain and be effective? No, why? Because you don't see each other every day. Mm. There is a lot of distraction. You're a good-looking guy. You're dating a girl that is like a thousand miles away from you, and you don't see her. Physically, you don't see her. You could text, you could talk, but it's not the same things. You physically don't see her. Mm. 
And and then you go to the bar, you met another girl, which I call distraction. And then now this girl gets your attention. And now you even forget about the other girl that you have a long distance relationship and you don't text her. You don't nurture the relationship. You don't go visit her. And, and that's why I don't believe in long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. Goal setting is the same. If you don't have your goals in front of you with picture with clear, detailed explanation, with with daily reminder of why you're doing what you're doing, it's not going to motivate you enough to achieve it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, goal could be anything. It could be a new car I want to buy or the the hundred acre island I have as a goal setting for the next ten year. Mm-hmm. The reality is, if you don't see that every day, you're not going to stay motivated because family, friends, economy, politics environment they beat you down man so you tend to forget why you're doing the things you're doing and and that's why goal setting and goal visualization is very important because if you don't remember why you're doing things why you're doing them in the first place yeah so what did you give me some like take-home lessons some things i can do my listeners can do today they have their goals how how do you do you just stay on them and and have have discipline I have my wife and my kid picture on my screen saver every day on my phone. I have it on the screen lock on my phone. I have a picture in my wallet. I have a picture in my car because every time I open my wallet, every time I turn on my phone, every time I open the laptop, it reminds me why I'm working so hard. And if I don't work hard, I let them down. But you, Everybody didn't, wants- you didn't have those goals. The, the, uh, you didn't have these motivators, your wife and your child when you first started so no but I, I had a bmw m3 and i had a house <laughs> that i wanted to buy so the reality is that now my life is around my wife and my kids when i was 20 years old i all i wanted was you know looking cool and driving a nice car so i had to work really hard to buy my first porsche which was like you know a carrera s4 and i had it when i was 21 you know it's same things it, the goal changes the way you you get motivated doesn't mm. I love it. Awesome stuff. So uh, you you were quoted as saying um, that or I remember you saying this in the interview that your goal can stay the same. But what sometimes people don't realize is the plan changes. So yeah. how, talk us through what you meant by that. So when you have, you know, people, have you ever heard people say, you know, I'm going to try this out for myself. I want to be like, I'll take you you as example. Nothing personal. Don't take it personal. I'm just taking an example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, say, let's say, you know, Eric, you know, Fabio, uh, my name is Eric. I, I want to try these things. I think I'm going to be very successful with this new hospitality podcast. I want to get it going. I'm planning to monetize it. And, you know, if in few, few years doesn't work, I can go back and be a doctor at my dad's hospital or I can be a lawyer at my uncle's firm. If you have a plan B, Plan A will never work mm. out. Never. It doesn't work out because you already have a cushion that motivates you and keep you safe in case something go wrong. I had no option, man. I had no fucking choices. Mm. So plan, the plan, the goal, the ultimate goal can't change. The plan could be adjusted. Mm. Meaning plan A could be plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D to the same goal, you know? Mm-hmm. Because the reality is that economy change, people change, time in history, time in history change. You know, seven, eight years ago, we had a marketing plan to to be the most awarded 
and talked about a restaurant in the Midwest. The plan has changed because five, six years ago, Instagram wasn't there. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn wasn't as powerful. Facebook ad didn't exist. And Google ad barely started. So now the marketing plan has completely changed. But the goal is still to be the most talked about a restaurant in the Midwest. Yeah. And we're doing it. Yeah. And I think from what, what I pull from that is, you know, stay innovative and uh, embrace change, embrace, embrace new technologies. Well, of course. Because to be the best, you've got to constantly be evolving. You've got to constantly be uh, doing what others aren't willing to do because they're afraid of change. Uh, but you, you, know, Star, you know, Starbucks, you know, yeah. no, I'm sorry, you know, Starbucks, I'm sorry, you know, Blockbuster, yeah. the movie, right? Blockbuster, 10 years ago, had the opportunity to buy Netflix for $19 million. Oh, man. And <laughs> Blockbuster said, nope, we're not going to do it because this movie delivery shit is not going to last. Yeah. People like to go in store and rent movie from a store. And seven years after, Blockbuster was officially out of business. Mm by the very people that they could have bought if they were like open-minded and innovating. Wow. Awesome. I mean, great example. Uh, and you mentioned earlier uh, that you've made mistakes, that you've failed. And I love it when my, my guests, I, I love to get them to get into the details to tell the story of those failures. So take a time, Fabio, where you failed and fell hard on your ass. What did you learn from that failure? What was the failure and how are you better now because of it? Recently, we shut down one of our most thought after restaurant. We opened a restaurant in Miami about two years ago. We spent a lot of money to do it in excess of $3 million to build it. Wow. And nothing was wrong with it. Service wasn't wrong. The food was amazing. We just didn't do enough homework on the location. People didn't respond to our concept as well as I, we thought they did. We, bought the, we, we did buy the bullet and we shut it down. Yeah. And, and it happened, you know, and it pissed everybody off. We lost a ton of money and, and were very upset about it, but we moved on. It is what it is. So get you can fix Get into the the specifics of what was wrong with your concept and how it didn't match that market. It, it you know we our concept embraces a certain food culture of people that understand food, they're passionate about food from scratch. And the area of Miami where we picked, it was like a bunch of party people, a lot of supermodels, a lot of people in bikini. Our food was not understood in the way it was meant to be, and we got. We might get a little cocky and we thought that we were going to work because it worked so well anywhere else that we thought could have worked there. And it didn't. We made it. We made a calculated mistake. So you said it wasn't understood. How was it understood? It wasn't understood. It was understood like a restaurant where you go for special occasion or something higher end, more fancy, where the crowd, all they wanted was something fast, casual, quick, small, in and out, quick, cheap, because they don't want to spend money there. And that's not us. Mm. And we did believe that our brand was strong enough to pull people in. It just didn't. Mm. What would you have done differently if you, knowing what you know now, what, what would you have done differently Shit. in opening that? In fact, I would have opened a, a, a fourth of the size. I would have focused on lighter, healthier, quicker option. It wouldn't be a full-on sit-down restaurant. It would have been more smart casual. And it wouldn't even be in the same location. It would have been probably three miles north of, by the beach because mm -hmm. more people are there. You know, it can't, unfortunately, life it's a beach because it, give you, it gives you the outcome first and then it teaches the lesson. Mm -hmm. I wish, you know, 
you could learn the lesson first and then, you know, you see the result, then you learn the lesson. Would you, uh, knowing what you know now, would you have chosen to close earlier? No, no, because I don't want to quit. We only, we didn't quit. I kept putting my own money in it. We, you know, we put a lot of money in it to keep it open and try anything we could to save it. But at, from an entrepreneur standpoint, at a point, we had to pull the plug, so, which is not quitting, is recognizing exactly. that your business is not working. So what was it? What what broke the camel's back as far as the the whatever event happened or whatever time elapsed that you said, okay, we did what we could. We 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 tried our best. It's time we, to move. We on. tried everything we could in our knowledge and power to make it work. We didn't want to deviate from what our concept was mm-hmm. because that's not what we do. Mm. Because. You're not going to change your brand to fit in a market. You find a new market. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a healthy brand, I'll give you an example. If you're a healthy company, a company in the health industry, and you sell very healthy, gluten-free, vegan product, and you want to go in the middle of Texas and nobody understand you, you can't all of a sudden sell in unhealthy food full of gluten and not vegan under your brand so you fit in the Texan market. Mm-hmm. You just not go in the market and you stay true to your brand. Mm. Makes so, sense? Absolutely. And I, I agree with you 100% that you, I mean, your your brand almost ha- sometimes has to be an extension of who you are and you, you what, don't what fold. They, what, they were asking, what they were asking for us to be successful is not what we do. Mm. That's why we didn't do it. And I mean, that's such a great lesson to learn. But was there... Um, what one moment take us to the moment where you decided and i guess what i'm trying to get at is how do you identify when it's time to say we gave it our best it's time to say you know to admit that this was a loss and to move on to the next project when do you know it's a it's a budget issue you know if you have the money to get going and as you go you try everything you can to succeed that's great if after you feel you've tried everything you're running out of money, that's the time. There is not an exact moment. It was a decision made, say, hey, guys, if by this day we haven't turned around our you know, top-line revenue coming in, we got to shut it down, and we did. Yeah, and that's, I mean, for somebody uh, who's had extreme success like you've had, who has the the other channels of revenue coming in to support business, um, you, can, you can maybe go a little bit longer, but for other people, maybe uh, this is their first restaurant. They You don't want to. Y- yeah. You, you don't want to. You don't want to. Uh, what do you What do you mean by that? When you don't want you to, you don't want to. A, a successful business can't pay. Can keep failing. A successful business cannot keep paying for a failing one. Mm. Otherwise, you're gonna have two failing business. But in the situation where you're somebody who might only have like two restaurants and you might not have as many partners or other channels of revenue, you don't want to keep going down that path of unsuccess uh, because it's gonna be harder for you to to recover Correct. and to, to try again. Uh, I guess is the point that I'm trying to make. And do you have anything yeah, you to say to that? To, you still have to. You still have to try for a little bit because not nothing is an overnight mm-hmm. success. So you Absolutely. still gotta give you some time to try. That's why when we open anything, we always are overfunded and we have a lot of cash flow to forecast few months that maybe you need to get off the ground. But that's you know that's a whole complete different lesson about hospitality that. We don't have the time nor the, yeah. nor the willingness to do it right now. But. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you actually selling food and beverage or are you just taking orders from a menu that says, here's what we have and here's what it costs? Blah. 
Modern consumers are addicted to smart devices, and visual media is the best way to engage them with information. That is why more restaurants today are replacing their paper menus with Menuvative by iMenuTech. It's simple. Menuvative replaces your paper menus with tablets. This provides more room for photography, descriptive language, and wine pairings. Suggestive selling is now an inherent part of the modern menu experience. In my opinion, here's the best part. Menuvative preserves the integrity of the classic dining experience because it's not a kiosk and it does not replace the impactful service experience. What it does do is reduce costs, increase sales, improve more marketing and provide a better guest experience by being more informative to learn more head over to imenutech.com again that's imenutech.com when you're running a busy restaurant it's pretty hard to find time for training well tipsy has a whole library of video courses from industry experts including world barista champions marketing gurus and customer service superstars get your staff watching tipsy courses and watch their growth help your business with tipsy scheduling training tracking skills growth and measuring engagement is a piece of cake in the hospitality industry, we never have enough time, so training often falls away. But as management legend Andy Grove says, the only two ways to improve performance are training and motivation. Tipsy provides both. Click the Tipsy banner in the show notes to find out more. Because your Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll receive a special 50% off your first month. What are you waiting for? Get on it. All right, we're back. And the first question I have for you, Fabio, is what is an it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you think most contributes to your success? Perseverance. 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 Perseverance, yes. I love it. You have to you have you have to have it because if you don't have it, you can't get anything done when time gets tough. Beautiful. So that's one thing you need to have it. I dig it, man. What is your biggest weakness? Um, I'm stubborn, very, I'm very stubborn and I, I'm not very good at let go thing. Uh, that's tough. And how has that really hurt you in the past? Well, are you clinging on things that you shouldn't be clinging and clinging on people that shouldn't be around you and you keep doing business in a way you shouldn't be doing business because you think it's good when you objectively need to analyze the possibility of getting rid of stuff, people, business and situation. Got it. Awesome. What is one piece of advice you have for leading others? Um, be a good listener. Mm. What is one question or thing you're looking for when you're interviewing somebody or trying to add on to your team? Well, I can teach you all the skills in the world. I cannot teach you to show up in time. Mm. So if you don't show up in time and if you're not there for the grind, there's nothing to learn. I can't do anything with you. Awesome. Uh, what is the current challenge right now you're having in your restaurants and how are you handling it? I need smart people. We're teaching them. <laughs> you know, we need more people with good IQs and, you know, it's very hard to find good people out there. So how are you dealing with it? What's one thing you're doing to, to well, deal with that issue? Well, you teach the one you have and you scrutinize the one that are coming with a system that allows average people to achieve outstanding results. Awesome. Uh, what is one thing besides food your restaurants do really well that separates you from other restaurants? 
Uh, you know, we're pretty normal in the sense we do amazing food and we provide amazing hospitality. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the part of the business that we excel rather than just everybody else. You know, a lot of people have good food. A lot of people have good service. Some have good hospitality. We have a good combination of all of them. So we excel in every area that we need to excel, and that makes us very successful in the restaurant business. Awesome. What is one book we must read to become a better person or a restaurant owner? To become a better person, you want to read The Third Circle circle Theory from my good friend, Pedjman Gadimi. And in order to become a better restaurateur, you have to read Setting the Table from Danny Meyer. Now, the Third Circle Theory book will do anything for your restaurant career, and Setting the Table will do anything to be a better person. But if you want to be both, you should read both. Awesome. And uh, that's the the first time uh, the Third Circle – was it the Third Circle Theory? Is that what it was? Yeah, Third Circle Theory. Just real quick, what is that – what's what's the purpose of this book what is it what's it doing it's well it's a, it, it it makes you understand how to navigate through the situation you have in your everyday life and it makes you conscious about the fact that the circumstances do not define your outcome ever mm. the way you react to it will mm, beautiful i love it uh what is one piece of technology uh you're currently adopting in your restaurants that's making you either more efficient uh more profitable or communicate better any how is it helping your restaurant um inventory management for the bar electronically done with uh, third-party services we used to do it on excel spreadsheet and uh, and uh, pdfs and it doesn't work it's not accurate and it's not really efficient now, the way we do it right now, instead, it makes us money, save us money, and keep everything in control. Awesome. And what specific uh, inventory management system are you using? We are using, uh, uh, using Pitchwork for food costing, and we are using um, Avero, and uh, um, I forgot the other one. That's oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, if, it, if it comes to you, right, first, I'm, not, I'm, I'm the one that pays for it. I'm not the one that does it. <laughs> I got you. Uh, we'll have the links to those in the show notes. This is episode 276 if you uh, want to check out some of those tools he's using. And uh, what uh, if you could give yourself any piece of advice, uh, go back in time, the, a younger version of yourself, give yourself one piece of, of advice. What would that advice be? An advice that was give my younger self stay away from drama whenever you can mm. so useless waste time nobody does good with it and just it's a drain it just never works hey real quick uh, we just have you call yeah. somebody out fabio who's one person you just admire in this industry and uh would be would be a great guest on the show uh tim mchenry the owner and founder of cooper zock wine and restaurant all it's right. my business partner, and he built a $200 million business in 10 years. Beautiful. It's a good guy. All right. I'd love to get him on the show. Uh, Fabio, thank you so much. I know you're a busy guy. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank to you, man. Appreciate this. it. Have a great Thanks, day. everybody. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Well, that was a uh, speed round, if I've ever recorded one before, but Fabio had to get going. You could tell uh, he was in a hurry, but I'm just so grateful we were able to get him on the show. Fabio, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story and your advice. You were a great guest, like always, guys. 
please leave those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio or however you're listening to us. Leave those reviews and ratings. It just takes a minute, and it really helps uh, with the ratings of the show. Uh, shoot me those uh, Facebook messages and emails. I'm at eric at restaurantunstoppable.com and facebook.com slash restaurantunstoppable. I love hearing from my listeners. And then also, uh, you can connect with me via phone call. Uh, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash one-on-one or just look for the banners over at restaurantunstoppable.com to set up that one-on-one call. I mean, I don't have all the answers, but I have the right questions and I have the network and I have this platform to step on. So whatever you're, you're you know, struggling with, let's talk. Uh, let me see who I can connect you with or at the very least, let me see who I can connect with to uh, have a show around your, your problems. I'm here to serve you guys. I love you guys, uh, you know, and, and I can't do it without you. Uh, so please do connect. And um, that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for sticking through this long. Until next time, peace out. <laughs>